Well, hello everyone. Today is April 21st, 2020, and this is Byron Howell and the Byron Howell Ministries podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, you know, over the past couple of weeks, we've, we've talked about a variety of subjects. Uh, we've talked about some sort of maybe heady theological and biblical discussions. We've talked about, you know, real spiritual realities and how those spiritual realities can really help us begin to have a major impact on the world, which I believe is what God wants for us. I believe that really having the impact on the world that God wants you to have is is the secret to true fulfillment in life, to that true sense of purpose. And that can work very well. It can work perfectly with your home life, with your uh, daily job, with all the different issues of life. You know, God wants you to have an impact in all of them and really inviting God into all these different areas of our lives is one of the majors, major ways we can begin to live this adventure that God has for us. And yes, there may be times in life where we find ourselves in um, the wrong job, perhaps, or the wrong church. Sometimes we need to change churches or, you know, we find ourselves in, in different situations that need to change. And as we go through life with God, he will help us to recognize when change needs to be made. He'll help us make the changes, and that won't be any problem either. But that that's really just an awesome aspect of life is that we can invite God in and begin living in God's will and God's directions in every single area of our lives and really having this impact on the world in every area of our life uh, as we're being led by the Spirit of God, as we're being influenced by God and things like that. And so we've been talking about this kind of big picture perspective on all of this. I really do believe that there's a very practical uh, side to everything we've discussed, thinking again about understanding that God's directions are the best, that God wants great things for us in every area of our lives, but we need to learn his ways. We need to learn, you know, his measure of what's good, what's bad, what's right, what's wrong. If we can adopt those for our lives, that's really going to lead to the best possible uh, situations and outcomes in our lives. So I do believe that there is real practical application to everything that we've discussed. And really, I mean for it all to help you. It helps me. I need to go back and listen to all of these again just to keep my mind focused on what God has shown me and the steps that I need to take in my life to make sure that I'm really living in all that God wants for me. But I did want to take kind of a few minutes today and and really try to have a, a very practical discussion because when I consider the people in my life who and and really I'm very fortunate. I'm very blessed to really know a number of wonderful people, uh, both personally uh, at my church in my neighborhood, at work. I really do. I know I know some awesome people, but the truth is, for many many people, even people I know that have been Christians a long time. And that's a lot. I mean, I was basically, you know, born in church, always been in church. My dad pastors a church. Um, and he, uh, obviously just people around my family, my whole life, they're kind of lifelong churchgoers, lifelong, you know, and not, not just playing, paying lip service, not just showing up on Sunday, but really I know a lot of people that love the Lord deeply 
that that want to please the Lord, want to have a good relationship with God. But what I do see, and this is certainly not meant to come down on anybody, is it's not that people are necessarily suffering or really downtrodden, but everybody still has issues. Let's let's put it like that. You know, everybody is still going through things on a daily basis and and the idea that we could really be living in victory in every area of our lives that that everything is going fine that maybe doesn't really come through. And again, that's not a knock on anybody personally. It's just the fact of the world we live in. And and the influence of ungodly things that are in the world. Remember, I've told you that 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 tells us that the devil is the god of this eon or this period of time. And, and again, we won't go too deep into that right now, but it is a reality. The devil and the dominion of darkness have significant authority in the world today. Also, we know from Ephesians 2 that the devil and unclean spirits are actively at work in people. When you look at terrorists, when you look at people that are involved in child slavery or the sex trafficking or the drug industry or all these different terrible industries that exist that are alive and well in the world today, and we wonder how. It's, it's not that God is letting those things happen. It's not that those things are God's will in the slightest. God hates them more than you do. They are absolutely not not God's will any more than they're your will. You you don't want those things either. But we have an unfortunate situation where the devil is the god of this period of time and unclean spirits are actively at work in people. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, the fact is, is that the dominion of darkness has a dramatic impact on the world today and it has had a dramatic impact for this entire eon and I believe that we are fundamentally in one unbroken eon from the fall of man that all the way exists until today. And the close of this eon or the close of this period of time is when we will see the return of the Lord. And then all authority will really be combined and stabilized under him. And we won't have the dominion of darkness with any authority anymore, which will obviously be a wonderful thing. But we live in a fallen world. And that is an accurate statement. The evidence of sin is everywhere. There are problems everywhere. And uh, there's just a lot of issues. And we go through life experiencing these things. Uh, there are, there is sickness and disease out there. There's financial issues out there. There's all kinds of different problems out there. And then those problems, you know, create more, you know, because of money problems or, uh, relationship problems. We end up having divorce. We end up having all sorts of other repercussions because of, of the first level of problems. And my only point is that God wants us to come out of all of that. Now, that may sound like a lot, but it's still true. Fundamentally, and this is just a fact, God wants you to be going through this life carefree and problem-free. Any care that comes up, we're supposed to cast it on the Lord, trust Him, trust His promises, and He's going to help us take care of it. Any problem that comes up, well, remember, if it's a demonic problem, Jesus said that He gave us all authority over all the ability of the enemy. So we need to learn how to start taking our authority over the enemy and dealing with spiritual problems immediately, effectively, just like Jesus did. And really, anything else in life, I mean, there are promises in the Bible to cover every area of our lives. 
So we go back to think about this idea. What should my life look like? Where am I experiencing victory in my life? Where am I not experiencing so much victory? And then what do I do about it? Because God wants you to be experiencing victory in every area of your life. Now, that's for a few reasons. But first and foremost, it's because God loves you. God wants you to have a wonderful life. He has a wonderful plan for you, wonderful things he wants you to do. Those things that he wants you to do are really going to serve to uh, further who you are as a person, increase and improve your relationship with God, and also help you be a blessing for others with the love of God. And they're going to be wonderful. So God has wonderful things that he wants you to do. God wants you to have a wonderful life. He wants you to be in perfect physical health. He wants you to have plenty of money. All of those things are absolutely true. I know people don't believe it. I'm sorry they don't. I'm sorry that much of the church and much of the religious world has twisted the crystal clear promises in the Bible to make people think that maybe God wants you sick or maybe God wants you broke or maybe, maybe all these hardships are actually part of God's plan. Nothing could be further from the truth. Those things are the devil's plan. And I've heard it said like this, God does only good. The devil does only bad. They never switch jobs and the devil is self-employed, meaning God never uses the devil to carry out some negative thing in your life. Though the devil is actively at work seeking to steal, kill, and destroy exactly what Jesus told us to do. And a lot of what was going on in the world and in our lives is the evidence of the devil's efforts in the earth. Maybe not specifically against you personally, but the overall systems that have been created in this earth that are demonic and that serve demonic ends and and the impact that those things have on your life. So, again... God wants you to have a wonderful life, and that is just the truth. But we live in this fallen world, so we now have to go ahead. Let's just accept it. Let's accept the reality. Let's accept the facts. We live in a fallen world. This world is fraught with peril. There are difficulties in every area of our lives, but God loves you and wants you to have a wonderful life. So what do we do? And I really always want to maintain a very practical application, practical perspective on everything we talk about. And before we dive into this, I just want to make sure that I'm always crystal clear that that none of Christianity came naturally to me. I was not one of those people, never have been, that just was naturally loving, naturally kind, naturally generous. At least I don't feel that way about myself that no, that, that it's been hard. It's been a long road of change and really not me or my own efforts, but the effect of the Lord on me. And I'll tell you a quick story. I was, uh, and I can be just as impatient as anyone. Uh, I can be just as irritable as anyone. Uh, not maybe as much anymore, but certainly uh, in times past. So I was in this checkout line at Publix one day. Now, I'll, I'll just tell you, you know, I'm I'm turning 40 uh, later this week, maybe I'm a little more introspective because of that. And I've been serving the Lord, really a committed Christian for 17 years. So when I was about four or five years into this, really spending a lot of time with the Lord in the word, in church, in prayer, in worship, a lot of time with God, looking for his plans for my life. I uh, so was four or five years into this and I was in Publix one day. And Publix is, is you know, the food store here in Florida. And 
Uh, something happened to the person in the checkout line in front of me. I don't remember what it was. I think they were having a problem writing a check. And I experienced the same emotions that 99% of the people in the world would experience. What is going on? I am trying to get out of here. Who writes a check anymore? What are these people's problems? You know, all these negative things. Or at least I would have. I, I used to be that way. But so I noticed that this particular day in question, this person having this problem ahead of me, I, I noticed it, I recognized the problem, but actually I did not feel any of those negative emotions. In fact, what I genuinely felt was compassion for them. I felt bad that they were having whatever problem they were having. They probably didn't have a lot of money. I, I felt patience. I felt love. It didn't really bother me. And um, I just I, I just felt good emotions over the situation and towards them. I wasn't happy necessarily to be sitting there, but I didn't feel those negative things that I would have in the past. And I didn't even really notice it at that time. But later that night, I was just sitting on the couch and somehow I believe the Holy Spirit brought the experience back to me. And I really was taken aback. And I realized that that I acted naturally in such a strange way that previously I would have been super annoyed. I might have even made an ugly comment. I Who knows what I might have done, you know, just stormed off and left my stuff right there. All these things were tempted to do. But on this particular day, I felt love and compassion towards all involved. And honestly, when I recognized this, when the Holy Spirit helped me to recognize this, I was stunned. And I realized that I was beginning to change on a very deep level. And, and to be honest, it startled me a little bit. That I, what I re- realized, what I believe the Holy Spirit helped me to realize, that, that he was now influencing me uh, in my nature. In the core of who I was, that my that my immediate instantaneous reactions to the circumstances of life were beginning to change. And that this was his influence on my heart, and that if I continued with him, that this process was going to continue inside of me. And here we are, you know, some 11, 12 years later, something like that. And, and I can tell you that this process has, has absolutely continued. And no, I am definitely not perfect. And there are times where I make bad decisions at work in with my kids, you know, in all these different situations that we come through. But I can tell you that I've come a long way. And the reason I tell you this is not is 100%. I'm, you probably believe me when I say this. It's certainly not meant to brag at all about my relationship with God or what God's done in my life. No, but it's to help you understand what's really going to happen as you press into the Lord and as you spend more time with God. You are going to be changed and you are going to be conformed to the image of Christ on the heart level. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, they are going to begin emanating from your life. Your life is going to produce the fruit of the Spirit. And and as you begin to experience this, which, yes, is you have a part to play in that, which I'm going to talk about momentarily, but as the Lord 
is having this impact on your heart and on your mind, you become the best version of yourself, the most loving version, the kindest version, the most patient version, the gentlest version. And it's really a wonderful, wonderful process. You are not being conformed in in a terrible, ungodly sense of conformity where we are all the same. We are all like Ned Flanders from The Simpsons. No, it's not about that at all. It's you, unique and wonderful you, with everything that God created you to be coming up and maturing into the highest expression of who you are, the most loving version, the wisest version, the the uh, kindness version of yourself. That's really the person that God wants you to be. And he is going to help you to become like him in in a wonderful and pure sense where all of your good, unique, individual attributes are retained, but you also have this wonderful, caring, loving nature to you, which is really what we should all have. And again, I totally understand that that doesn't come naturally to many people, but but that is really, you know, when we talk about these ideas that have been perverted in a way where we let love rule and everybody just love one another and, you know, some of these kind of hippie ideas that people talk about, well, they are absolutely biblical ideas. They are godly ideas. I mean, when we get to heaven, you know, whatever that may look like, we're all going to just be loving and kind and gentle and peaceful and and it's going to be an amazing it's going to be this utopian society of of love and even we we've seen now so many movies and shows that have a dystopian future this kind of negative image of of the future but that's not going to be like what heaven is at all heaven's going to be wonderful and it's going to be amazing and we will all come to understand that god's ways are best in a very clear sense of that understanding, right? That, oh, it's going to be, it's it's going to just make sense, right? Like, think about it this way. I want to have a great relationship with my kids, so I'm going to treat them with love. Oh, it makes perfect sense. I'm going to treat them with love all the time, no matter what they do. If they tempt me to get angry or irritated or whatever, I'm still going to treat them with love. And, and yes, there may come a time where discipline is necessary or correction is necessary, but I'm still going to walk in love towards them and everybody. And it's just going to flow more and more naturally in you. And as you spend time with God, you will see yourself growing in these ways. And so, again, let's, let's, let's start to think practically about this. And let me just give you kind of some ideas today to help you grow and help you to make a lot of what we're talking about very practical. And truthfully, we can sum it up quite simply, but we're going to talk about the family life and the work life a little bit. Obviously, those two areas dominate most of our lives, most of our thinking. But just to put it like this, you you have this family, most of you, you have a, a spouse and children, and you love them more than anybody else in your life. I mean, that's the way it should be. And hopefully that's the way it is for you. A lot of that's natural. I mean, God puts love in our hearts naturally for our children. Uh, but a lot of it, especially with your spouse, is by decision, right? You don't always feel this perfect, pure, wonderful, amazing love for your spouse. I mean, yes, you always feel some measure of love. But but with your spouse, a lot of it is loving by decision. 
that, you know, no matter what they do, I'm going to selflessly and sacrificially love them and honor them and care for them. And so anyway, you have this spouse and these children and, and you want to love them. And so as you go through life, however, it can be difficult. I mean, I remember taking this parenting class one time and you know what I realized is that everybody's kid is crazy. Everybody's kid has their own uh, idiosyncrasies, their own issues. You know, I'll just tell you, we are dealing with this right now. I have an eight-year-old and she says all her clothes are too big. I mean, she is not like a small child and she's wearing clothes for a six-year-old and she says they're still too big because she wants all her clothes to be skin tight. I don't know what that's about. I'm going to just have to pray about it. My wife started looking on uh, the internet. You know, that's a terrible idea. And, you know, we're just in this bizarre situation with our kids right now. But I love my daughter so much with my whole heart. Even as she's complaining, I think she's cute and I love her anyway, even though she's driving me insane. But my point is, you know, every kid has issues, right? Every marriage has issues. Every situation has issues, right? So what what am I going to do to begin seeing God's best in my family life. Okay. And again, you can apply this, this paradigm to every situation in your life. But what am I going to do to see God's best in my family life? And, and guys, there's just, I don't think there's any other way than what I'm about to describe. The first thing you have to do is you have to take out the word of God. You have to say, and you can Google it. It's so easy now. Or you can ask people, ask me, ask somebody at your church. Doesn't matter. But, it's super easy. And you you take the Bible out and you Google, what does the Bible say about family? Or another thing you could Google is is Bible family promises. Okay, a, a great one in Isaiah is all thy children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of thy children. That's just an example. Uh, there's lots of promises about the husband and wife relationship as another example. Right. So. So we say, okay, what does the Bible promise for my family life? The Bible promises that it, it can be wonderful. It can be truly loving and amazing and, and nourishing and enriching and fun. And how do I get there? What does the Bible instruct with respect to how I should treat my wife and children? Well, you know, fundamentally, you know, husbands are taught to sacrificially love their wives. And, you know, husbands and wives are taught to submit to each other. That's not any kind of dominance thing or anything that people make it out to be. No, it's about putting the other person ahead of yourself, putting their needs ahead of yours. And if you both will do that, you're really going to have an amazing relationship. I get it. It's easier said than done, but that's the way it works. But my point is, we look at what the Bible teaches us about how to be a good spouse. We look at what the Bible teaches us about how to be a good parent. And then there's obviously kind of general relationship pointers throughout the Bible. Basically, the number one being to walk in love, right? Sacrificial, selfless love towards everyone. But we're talking about the family unit at the moment. So so I say, okay, I've read what the Bible says. Maybe it comes naturally. Maybe it doesn't. But either way, I've read what it says, and I'm going to start doing it. So you kind of have to make that decision that I want to have a good relationship and I'm going to do what the Bible says to get there. And it's just that simple. So now, and I'll just make this quick point. With respect to me personally, this is a personal thing, but when I look at the relationship I have with my wife and children, I've decided that, you know what, all of this Christian stuff I believe, 
all of these things about God, I believe that I'm talking about on a regular basis now, you know, if it's not working in my home, it's not working anywhere, right? If I can't have a good relationship in my house with my wife and my children, then I'm, then I've got something cross wired. I am wrong. Something is deeply wrong. If I can't even have this working in my own home. And, and I will say, I actually have a pretty good relationship with my wife and kids. Is it as good as it could be? No. Is it as good as God would want it to be? No. But you know what? It's, it's pretty good and we're, we're doing all right. But I have to constantly keep working on this. I mean, most of you probably have good relationships with your spouse and children. I certainly hope you do. But no matter where you are, we can take these biblical principles and apply them and really begin to see God's best in our family lives. And so let's go to a typical morning. You know, if it's anything like my house, you're up, you're potentially groggy, maybe you're not super excited about the day ahead. Even if you are, it doesn't really matter. You got to get your kids up. You got to get them to school. You got to get them moving. And, you know, hopefully that's about as difficult as it gets. You know, maybe your kid has some crazy problem with the clothes like mine does. Or or maybe you have some other issues, right? But you go through and something happens that tempts your temper, right? To put a, you know, not a better way to put it, you know, you, you go through and one of the kids or your spouse does something and you're tempted to act out in anger or to get irritated or annoyed or one of those things. And that's where I think the right thing to do is to just take a moment, take a pause. And it doesn't have to be long, but you just have to recognize what's happening in that moment. All right, God, you heard what my kid said. You heard what my spouse said, and I'm tempted to be annoyed. Help me to remember what you want me to do in this moment. And that can only take a couple of seconds, right? It's just a pause and acknowledging God. When you have something in your life that especially when it's a negative thing, whether it's in work, your home, wherever it is, something hits you negatively and you're tempted to immediately react out of that negative situation, just take a pause and acknowledge God. And that goes really to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path. We've got to start acknowledging God in everything. So God, my kid has done this thing that irritates me. I acknowledge you and I look to you for help now. And I tell you, I mean, I don't know if it's every single time, but pretty much every time I do that, the Holy Spirit says something to me along the lines of just calm down. It's going to be fine. He doesn't I don't necessarily hear those words, but that's the feeling I get from his heart. And I know you're going to get the exact same thing. Because nine times out of 10, maybe 99 out of 100, whatever's happened in that moment, it's not really that big a deal. It just irritates us for a minute. And then if we lash out in anger or go over the top with our negative emotion, we're going to end up regretting that more anyway than the thing that bothered us in the first place. But so we just take a pause. God, I acknowledge you. Help me to love, right? And then then what's the next thing that happens? The first thing is just by taking that momentary pause and acknowledging God, immediately your emotions begin to deflate, the negative emotions. The other thing that happens almost instantaneously 
as you are acknowledging God, you are remembering who he is, his love for you, his love for your family, and his promises for your life. It's amazing when you begin to do this, how quickly all of these things take place. I'm talking about within milliseconds. You, your negative emotion deflates, your focus goes right to the things of God, the good things of God, and your <clears throat> emotions begin to elevate and improve. And you actually begin to feel the love for that person who's irritating you. Um, the situation hasn't gone away. We're only milliseconds from what you just heard. But, but your emotional state can change so fast. And now that you've refocused yourself on God and your relationship with God, you can now immediately go into the well of knowledge of what God wants you to do that you have within you. And, and Je- excuse me, Jesus said that one of the Holy Spirit's main jobs is to remind us of everything he taught us. And that really can be expanded that the Holy Spirit, one of the Holy Spirit's main job is to remind you and to bring the word of God to your remembrance on a constant basis whenever you need it. It's right there. Maybe you haven't memorized a lot of scripture. I've never been big on scripture memorization. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's certainly a good idea. I read the word, but I don't memorize a lot. But man, I tell you, the Holy Spirit can bring back the verses real quick. And he'll do that for you as well. But so in your home life, in your family life, take time to, to when something negative happens, just take a moment and refocus and keep your mind focused on God and what God wants you to do that you've already read from the word in your family life. And here is my point. If you will begin living your family life according to the ways of God that God teaches us in the Bible, I'm not saying everything's going to be perfect. I'm not saying you're never going to have a problem. That's just, remember, we live in this fallen world and there's, there's all sorts of craziness out there. But what I'm telling you is God will teach you how to deal with every single problem. The, the number of problems you have will be drastically reduced. And even though difficulties may come, what will not uh, be broken is your relationship with your spouse and your children, which is the most important thing really anyway, you know, in the family life, right? So when you begin to focus on the word of God, not only is your mind going to change, this is the renovation of your mind that Romans 12 talks about. Your your mind is going to change and you're going to begin thinking about your family life and your spouse and your kids differently. But as you focus your mind and become spiritually minded in the family life, the Holy Spirit is going to begin acting on your heart as well. And so whereas before you may have had kind of automatic negative emotions or negative reactions to certain activities or certain actions of your spouse or your children before, remember we were talking about a change of the nature. Before when you would have gotten really irritated in the checkout line, now you feel love and compassion. Before, when you would have gotten really mad at your kid because he got a bad grade in school or whatever, he had a behavior problem in school or something like that, 
Now, all of a sudden, your nature begins changing and you're, you're thinking about it as a godly parent, which first and foremost has an unconditional love for their child, but also wants to make sure that the parent-child relationship is protected and and that the heart relationship is protected and that you are accurately representing the love and wisdom of God to your child at all times, even in moments where discipline is required, because there just are those moments. That's part of parenting. That's part of godly parenting. Teach your kids the way they should go. When they're old, they will not depart. And, and that can be very broad and very difficult sometimes. But my point is you start to let the word of God change the way you think. And as that's happening, the Holy Spirit's going to also come in and begin to mold your nature to help you really experience that father heart of God for your children, which is just a wonderful, wonderful thing. And now, you know, if we were to take a few minutes and talk about work, the same process can happen at work. You know, my father is a real estate guy. He's done different. um, He's been a contractor. He's been a developer. He's done different things in real estate. And that's one of the reasons I became a real estate lawyer. I just grew up on a job site and grew up in the construction world and all of that. But I remember when I was a kid, he was telling me how really what he loved to do was take a piece of raw land and uh, make it into a building that he would rent out or sell. That just the idea of taking, you know, the raw land and putting together an entrepreneurial component you know, raising the capital, getting the financing, getting the architect, getting all the contractors and developing something that's useful to the world. That's what he really loved. <clears throat> and there's nothing wrong, necessarily good or bad with that. I'm just using that as an example. But <clears throat> if you know anything about real estate and the interesting thing about real estate is virtually all of us have experiences with real estate because we all have to live somewhere. But any endeavors in real estate, uh, there are opportunities to get annoyed or offended all along the way. I mean, from start to finish. And my point is this. I don't really care what you're doing, whether you're a real estate developer, whether you're in the ministry, no matter what you're doing, there are opportunities to get annoyed and offended. And I think about my own life as a lawyer I, I truly work. I, I really, my entire law practice has basically been working for five or six different guys and they have all been wonderful to me. I love them all. They're all awesome. And, um, I've been very, very blessed to work for these guys. And that being said, I love them. Uh, but I sure don't really feel the love to all the other lawyers and people that we come into contact with. And there are many, many annoying situations that I have to deal with on a regular basis. And I get irritated all the time. I'm not saying that's godly. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just telling you the truth. I mean, I get angry a lot, very frustrated, very impatient. And I really have to suck it up because most of the time, you know, the only people I would even talk to about this are these clients that I love so much. And I'm not going to bring that kind of stuff to them. You know, they don't pay me for that. They pay me to take care of these problems and move on and, and get us to close. But my point, again, is, you know, even if you work for wonderful people, even if you're doing exactly what you want to do, there are annoying situations in every job that there is. I, if, if you have a job without the, ever getting annoyed or there's no annoying situations, I'd love to hear about it. But be that as it may, no matter what job you have or what situations are coming against you, 
we can go through the same process. You know, the Bible says that we should work as unto the Lord. We can look at Daniel, who's a great example of a person that worked for terrible people in a terrible society, but he maintained his integrity. He maintained his godly approach to what he had to do, assisting those heathen kings in those heathen lands, and how Daniel had an excellent spirit, really just as a great guiding light for how we can have the right spirit and the right heart. And obviously, then all the other relationship pointers, walking in love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. We take what the Bible says and we say, okay, you know what? I may not love every aspect of my job, but I'm going to do it right. And I'm going to have a good attitude. And on top of that, I am going to begin praying about these situations to God. And just as an example, you know, again, I'm a real estate lawyer. You know, we, we, what I do is I help people buy and sell various buildings. And, you know, the goal is to get to the closing table. And, and for our jobs, they're a little bigger. They're a little more sophisticated. There can be a lot of people involved. And, and at the end of the day, my job is helping everyone find common ground and get what they need so we can all get to the closing table. It does mean no good to stand on principle or get into arguments, even when I'm right. It just does mean no good to do that. I have not found that to be helpful at all when my real job is helping my client buy or sell that particular building. And that is really the guiding light of my practice, which actually works very well with godly principles of love and patience and gentleness and things like that, that I have to remind myself about on a constant basis. <laughs> I know that that it will come as no surprise to some of you. If any of you are lawyers or in this real estate world with me. But what I can do though, is I can begin to say, Hey God, you see what's going on. You see all these situations in my life. Just, just for example, next week, I've got four big closings, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and some people are trying to schedule some other closings. That tempts me to get stressed out and annoyed, but I've prayed about it. Father God, you see this calendar. Father God, I've been doing this job 10 years and somehow you've miraculously helped all these closings, all the calendar issues, all my workload. You've helped it work out every single time. Father, I ask you to do that again here. Father, I ask you to get involved and help us have smooth, peaceful, uh, you know, good closings where nobody gets mad at each other, where we get through all the issues. Oh, Father, I pray that you help us in these closings. In Jesus' name, amen. I mean, I can't even tell you how I've seen that prayer produce in my life. I'll, I'll be honest with you. If I find myself in a deal where where the closing is not going as it should or we've found ourselves in some sort of serious problem, then then the first thing the Holy Spirit typically says to me is, have you prayed about this deal? Have you invited God in to help us get this deal closed? And, and that's one of the main ways that I invite God into my working life. But again, we have these directions from the Bible. What is the Bible telling you about your job? Again, you can Google. What does the Bible say about work? What does the Bible say about jobs? There are lots of verses. There are lots of points. Take those and renovate your mind. Listen to what the Word of God says about how you are going to act at work. And then you do what it says. And man, is that hard sometimes. I mean, I tell you what, it's hard for me. If it's not hard for you, congratulations. You're just one of those awesome people. And that's cool. Some people are like that, but not me. 
it takes an effort and it takes me really interacting with and relying on the Spirit of God to remember these things. So, but God, I see what your word has told me to do and that's what I'm going to do. I am going to begin working as unto you and I'm going to be working with an excellent spirit and I'm going to be working how you tell me to work. And I know that as I do that, now all of a sudden my nature changes. Now, when I get the email from the lawyer on the other side of the deal, it's alleging that my client did something wrong or uh, that we didn't fulfill our end of the bargain or that there's some problem, whatever. I Now my mind doesn't immediately go on the def- defensive. I don't immediately go to irritation and now I'm ready to counterattack. No, my mind goes to, okay, how do I resolve this problem? God help me resolve this problem. And I mean, the vast majority of time, maybe in my 10 years as a lawyer doing, doing hundreds of deals, I mean, maybe a handful of times we haven't found some sort of acceptable resolution to everybody. Very rare. And and that is just the influence of God. Me thinking as God tells me to think when I approach my work, the Holy Spirit working on my heart to change my nature, to be more agreeable, to be more loving, to be more patient as I go through this working life. And then also really inviting God in. And now spiritually, in many ways, I've probably never even realized him guiding all of our real estate transactions to to help us get to acceptable closings and uh and not that it matters but my my biggest client is a very devout orthodox jew and it's nice obviously we don't believe all the same things but but we certainly do believe that the same god is helping us in these real estate endeavors and that's a really nice thing that we can at least talk about sometimes but again As we go through life, there are difficulties everywhere, and that's pretty much going to be true until Jesus returns. So let's just recognize it, all right? We're in a fallen world. The devil's out there, uh, but I am not going to let him beat me up, and I'm going to overcome no matter what. I'm going to dominate exactly like God wants me to dominate. I'm going to take the principles from the word of God, and I am going to apply them to my life come hell or high water. I am going to exhibit the fruit of spirit, of the Spirit in my life no matter what other people do or say to me. I am going to live as a godly person in my house, in my work, in my neighborhood, in every area of my life. I am going to allow the Word of God to change the way I think, and that is how I'm going to think in every area of my life. I am going to take a moment when negative things happen and I'm going to remember the Lord. I'm going to acknowledge the Lord. I'm going to look to the Holy Spirit for comfort, for guidance, for protection. And I am not going to let circumstances dictate my life. I'm going to dictate my life by the power of God. I'm going to change the circumstances by the power of God because this is just how it's supposed to work. We were created to dominate. We were created to be at the top to be the head and not the tail. And these realities are possible when we take the wisdom and ways of God and apply them to our daily lives. When you use God's ways, you are going to see God's results in every area of your life. And and so I wanted to take a few minutes today and not only acknowledge the difficulties that are out there, but also to 
focus on some practical points and to help you kind of at least get a framework that you can begin doing. And obviously, you know, don't think that, oh, I've got to kind of revamp every single area of my life. I would just look at your life in a moment with in prayer. You know, God, you see my life. What's one thing that I should really start working on right now? What would you say, God, if I was going to really study something and try to change the way I think and change the way I act in this particular area, what what area would you choose, God? And I believe by the Holy Spirit, he's just going to kind of suggest to you in your mind the the right area, in your heart and in your mind, the area that you should really focus on. So start doing that. Take 10 minutes. You'll get the verses on that. That alone will have an impact on your thinking. And then... As you go through life, start to remember just when things happen, because they will happen, take a moment and acknowledge God. Again, when you begin applying the ways of God to your life, that is one of the greatest ways that we invite God and his power into our lives. And when you do that, you will begin seeing God's best in those areas of your life. And it's true You can't really just pick and choose with God. You can't say, oh, you know what? I'm going to have this wonderful relationship with my wife and kids, but I'm going to be a gambler and a a drug addict and, and, you know, and and just leave that part of my life outside of God's hands. Now, you probably recognize that it doesn't really work that way. We really need to submit all to God and we need to really be willing to allow him to impact every area of our lives. But that doesn't mean that you need to be overwhelmed in this moment thinking that, oh, you have to start immediately changing every aspect of your life. I mean, sometimes people go to church and then they think that way that, oh, my gosh, I'm so messed up. I've got to change everything instantly. That's not that's not true at all. God loves you no matter what issues you may have going on. God loves you. He cares about you more than you can ever fathom. He wants the best for you in every area of your life. He will help you in every area of your life. Just pick one and go after it. And over time, every area of your life will begin to exhibit God's influence and God's best. And and now, now you're really making things happen. Now you really can, from that place, really go out and start having an impact for the kingdom of God. Really begin, you know, molding your life, not only to see the best in your personal life, but really begin to truly have the impact on the world that God wants you to have. And don't get the wrong idea. You can start having that impact today. But let's face it. We all know that when you start getting these areas of your personal life kind of buttoned up because you've applied the ways of God and you're starting to see God's results Now you can really have the mental focus, the spiritual energy to go out for God and for the kingdom. And, 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 you know, that's really taking you to another level of, of your life, another level of existence where I've got myself straightened out by the power of God, by his grace, by his mercy, by his love, got myself kind of situated. Man, what can I do to help others? What can I do to be a blessing? God's done so much for me. What can I do for others? Guys, I love you. Thank you so much for your time today. I hope that these these practical thoughts really help you. Again, I'm always happy to, to talk about any specific area or anything you want to talk about. Again, have a wonderful day. Thank you.